For Oakland A's fans, it sure feels like winter. You are Locked On A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked on A's, your daily podcast all about those Oakland athletics. Of course, your team every day on the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm Wayne Coy, longtime Oakland A's fan, media dude in the Bay Area, and a guy who's just uh, trying to figure it all out, just like we all are. Uh, Do you know that one guy who said, yeah, I'll see you next year, just a couple days ago? We're going to dedicate this episode to that guy, if you know him. And we'll tell you that it's all brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel with an easy app to download and an opportunity for you to get $150 in bonus bets. I'll tell you all about that. Check them out at uh, FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's where they're at on the Internet. Well, welcome to it. It is the dead of winter, or as the host of a daily Oakland A's podcast calls it, uh, I got nothing. Seriously. It is not easy doing this show on any kind of regular right now because there's a lot going on. It's doubly bad and it's doubly desolate when your team, the one that you're tasked to cover, is the Oakland A's. And I'm using team loosely here, but yeah. See, the podcast is about a team that might be, could be, possibly is moving. And so that means it's no buzz, no hot stove, no free agent signings, no crazy trades, no blockbusters in the middle of the night that you call your friends about, no, no team-sponsored fan events, no fairs, no caravans of players, none of that, actually, because it's, well, it's, it's the Oakland A's. All we've got is some promised pretty pictures, and uh, we're still waiting for those. Remember we were promised that we were going to see stadium renderings, you know, last year? Where's that guy again? See you next year. Yeah, because it's this year now. It's not last year anymore. Promise made, promise not kept. So we're waiting. Renderings nowhere to be seen. Can't debate them, can't discuss them, can't share them with your friends. Do they even exist? I mean, I'm guessing they do. We'll have more on that in just a few minutes. But what about an announcement that tells us, you know, where the team's going to play? After all, they've got a lease that expires in 2024. A's are going to be done in Oakland. That chapter apparently will close. And what's next? Well, we don't know. They don't know. Or if they do know, they're not telling us where they're going to play in 2025, 26, 27, possibly 28, depending on how this all shakes down. It's all quiet as usual on the athletics front. In fact, we're sort of getting used to, I know nothing. I see nothing. It's like Colonel Clink and what was his name? Sergeant Schultz. Yeah. That's a reference to an old TV show for you kids who don't know what Hogan's Heroes is. But yeah, there's there's uh, not a lot going on. Not a creature is stirring. Not even a possum. You thought I was going to say a mouse, didn't you? No, I said possum. 
Yeah, this is a tale of two cities, to be honest with you. You got you got Oakland on one side, you got the fan base there, but you know what? They share something with their brethren and sistren in Las Vegas. It's called apathy. Yeah, for this team. In general, Oakland A's fans have checked out. I've talked to quite a few who've said, well, I may go to a game or two, but as far as uh, any allegiance to that team that I've followed my entire life, kind of done with that, okay? I'm on the fence. I don't know if I'm there yet. Obviously, I live in Las Vegas. And for those of you that are continually saying, well, listen, Vegas boy, you should be happy. You should be jumping up and down. Shut up. That's what I want to say to you. This guy right here, he's from Oakland, California. He's from the East Bay. He lives in Las Vegas now. And with that being said, this team should be staying where they are. Nothing that you say, do, comment about is going to change my mind about that. Does that mean I won't follow the team or cover the team or go see the team play? I don't know about that part, but I'll tell you this. If they're in my town, I'm certainly going to be aware of it. And uh, we'll do my best to do everything I can to give you the complete podcast that I give you every day. But how dare you? And I mean this sincerely. How dare you challenge me on where my heart is and where my emotion lies after this team has been in that city for 55 years? If you don't get that, if you don't understand that, go away. Watch something else. Seriously. Got no time for that. I feel the way I feel, and I'm not alone. And, yeah, I live in Las Vegas. And, yeah, that team might be coming here. Maybe. Las Vegas, the common opinion, actually, is Major League Baseball. Huh? Okay, sure. Who's coming? Oh, the A? No, 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 thank you. Yeah, see, they, they know about John Fisher. They understand this organization and how it's been run. They get because they see people like me who've lived through it testifying to what it's like. And you can criticize that all you want, but it's real. It really is real. Take it from a kid who's been inside that stadium since he was seven years old, that bleeds green and gold. Don't tell me I don't care about the team. Of course I do. But I'm apathetic right now because I just don't know. Well, see, did I just say pathetic? I think I did. Fitting. They don't want secondhand news, to quote Fleetwood Mac. Las Vegas isn't all about that. Yeah, they'd like to have a team of their own. Oh, and did you see Shohei sign with the Dodgers? That's exciting. Okay, Vegas PBS. Let's talk about them. They're great. In fact, I got to tell you, I come from a place where PBS is very strong. Channel 9, KQED, Bay Area. Love them. But you know what? Vegas PBS gives them a run for their money. They're very good. And uh, Amber, uh, Amber Renee Dixon, who is the host of a show that I watch every week that's called Nevada Week, uh, she had a great episode. It's season six, episode 25. She got to sit down with some friends of the show, uh, specifically Alan Snell from LVSportsBiz.com. Alan's been here on Locked on A's and, of course, on the Wayne Coy show as well. Regular guest because the guy knows his stuff, especially when it comes to the business of sport and specifically what's happening here in Las Vegas. So uh, Alan is there along with maybe two of the finest journalists you're going to find in the state or any state for that matter, Howard Stutz and Jacob Solis, who along with Tabitha have really covered this story from the very beginning uh, in the Nevada Independent. And they are Amber's guests on this particular episode. 
And we're going to let them tell you kind of how they feel is because they've been obviously paying attention to this thing since the beginning as well. So we'll get to that in just a minute. But first of all, I do want to tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel is an app that you can download. Very easy for you to get involved, to get a little piece of the excitement. Hey, this is the final week of the National Football League coming up. You're going to bet on your favorite team. Well, you can do that with the FanDuel app. Point spreads, of course. You got your overs, you got your unders. But check this out. A money line bet, which is simply just picking the winning team. If you're a new customer and you get the right team, you bet $5 and your $5 bet could get you $150 in bonus bets. Crazy. Download the app. Again, it's very easy to do and a whole bunch of fun. Get ready for the playoffs. Here they come. Super Bowl. Ooh, big game. Sorry. Yeah, that's coming too. So you want to get involved? You can. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Everything you need to know is right there for you. Have some fun with football and FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. Hey, if it got a little heavy just a few moments ago, understand where that comes from, please. Before you start to flame, get it. I actually do care. I care a lot. So to say I don't care, I'm not a fan of the team or whatever, it's just not so. It's not true. Love this team like a family member. So going through what we've all gone through together to expect me to just be okay with that, regardless of where I live, again, I think it's kind of ridiculous for you to even think that way. We'll row with the punches, and there have been plenty of those already, most of them right in the gut. So think about the A's fan before you shoot that arrow, because it could be you someday. And for a lot of baseball fans around the country, unfortunately, I think that's where it's headed. All right. What does local media have to say about this whole thing? Well, let's find out. Vegas PBS and an awesome interview. Give you a little bit of that right the now. The sports driver is venues. Mm -hmm. And we saw that with uh, T-Mobile Arena. Mm -hmm. um, that was uh, 2016. That paved the way for the Vegas Golden Knights. And we go back to the Raiders Stadium. That paved the way, as Howard mentioned, for the NFL. So to me, um, the interesting thing about the big difference between T-Mobile Arena, privately financed, Raiders Stadium, publicly financed. And then we'll probably talk later in the show about Oakland A's and their stadium, highly controversial, very unusual style of, of pushing that thing through. Um, but What was unusual about it? Uh, the speed. Mm -hmm. It was m most of the time uh, you see intense political community debates uh, between the people who make the argument for the subsidy and the community. This thing happened, in fact, it was almost comical at which some of the debates and the, and the committee hearings were actually going on at the time the Golden Knights were in the Stanley Cup. I remember, in fact, the committee members wanting updates about the Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars uh, in the conference finals while the committee was actually debating um, the $380 million subsidy for the uh, A Stadium. Do you agree, Jacob, that it was quick? Yeah, no, it was remarkably quick. And to some extent, that's the way that the legislature works because it's a compressed session, 180 days, right? But also, that A's bill dropped extremely late in the session once right. everything gets crammed right at the very end. So they were not only debating that, they were having fights over the budget. They were having fights over education spending. And so, of course, you have all these multi-billion dollar fights, and now you've got to also debate the A's stadium. And so, yeah, there was a compressed timeline that ultimately led to a special session, which was itself 
compressed because everyone wanted to go home. They had been there since January. So. Yeah. We also have to remember that the original, when they announced the A's, when the A's announced they were going to come to Vegas, the original site was up on 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 west side of uh, of the I-15 at the old Wild Wild West site. Much like 15. the Raiders Stadium. Right, yeah, where the Raiders, down the road from the Raiders yeah. Stadium. Then all of a sudden, they announced later on that it's being moved over to the Tropicana. So, I mean, it was just like back and forth. And this was a, you know, when you say compressed, I mean, the A's had been, said they'd been here two years looking. They were still debating whether they were going to stay in Oakland. But it was compressed. All of a sudden, this bill come, you know, when the bill dropped, I remember the last day, and then that morning... Because we got a copy of the bill, and you and I and Tabitha were up that night writing the writing the story. The bill drops. The A's put out pretty pictures of their render of renderings of the new of the new ballpark, and to try to oh you know, you know don't don't pay attention to those numbers. Look at these pretty pictures. So it was a very it was a very crazy uh, process the way it was done. Very different from the Raiders. At least with the Raiders, were very upfront on what they were doing. The A's haven't been. This whole time, it was very. It, you had to draw it all out of them. Mark Davis was here; he was very supportive of, of the different events. A, and, a huge difference with Sheldon Adelson, who was right. the main driver on the Raiders' bill. Right. You didn't see that kind of overt strip hotel company support. They did. They technically were on the side of it. You just didn't see it explicitly. What happened? What 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 pushed the Raiders' bill through was because we were at those all those hearings that were going on ahead of it, and. Um, MGM and Caesars decided we'll pay the room tax, you know. And so when the two biggest companies get together to do that, that kind of pushed it all along with that. Sheldon. It was pretty and much Sheldon, and, yeah, it was game. It was game over at that right, point. Right, it was, and it was going to happen. And it, there was really very little debate up in the legislature back in <laughs> for that bill. So for yeah. that special session, and to the extent that timing mattered with the Raiders Stadium bill, I mean that session happened in an off year where everyone had a lot of time, and, and then it was announced by the governor. I think with some time in advance after some debate had happened internally with the A's, it happened at the end again at the, of a compressed regular session and the special session only happened because the bill died in the regular session because they couldn't get it done because they ran out of time so i think there there was sort of an element of no one was really clear about exactly what they wanted because even once we got the special there was debate and debate and debate because it wasn't clear that they had the votes to actually get it over the finish line and where do we stand now as far as the information that you had to pull out of them? Are you still trying to find out? Well, well we were supposed to have a renderings unveiling yeah. uh, yes. a couple of weeks ago. In fact, you know, Howard mentioned, referred to the uh, drawings, but as you know, they were not exactly specific drawings. Right. I mean, they were very conceptual stuff to kind of just give... I mean, the, the athletics themselves uh, acknowledge that they were not the actual drawings. In fact, later the, though, not initially. No, correct? but the drawings showed the ballpark that was taking up the entire 35-acre chunk there at the Tropicana. Clearly, in fact, <laughs> we decided not to even use those drawings anymore because they were just simply not accurate depictions. I wondered because we have those as well. Should we show them or not no, anymore? You'll have new ones, I imagine. Pretty, I imagine pretty soon now. I saw Dave Cavill at the, ironically, at the Fountain Blue yes. press opening, and I and I talked to him a little bit about it. And he said they're probably going to do something around uh, Big League Weekend. The A's are coming in to play the Milwaukee Brewers over at Las Vegas Ballpark, so they may do something around then. But Listen, there's a lot to get done in the next year or in, throughout 2024 before this can happen, before, the, before they can even touch this money. And it's got to be done by the end of the year because that's when they're supposed to demolish, you know, close the Tropicana and demolish it, have a clean site by April of 2025 to start construction. 
look, we don't even know where the A's are going to play in 2025, 26, and 27. We know they're in Oakland in 2024, but that hasn't been determined. So there's, there is a, there are a lot of, you know, what is it, the, at the state, with the stadium authority, all the agreements with the stadium authority, uh, the construction uh, agreement, all, all the, all these laws and ends have got to be put tied together by the end of next, uh, the end of 2024. So Major League Baseball owners unanimously approved this relocation, but do you think it's actually going to happen? Jacob. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you know, like Howard said, though, right, there's so many steps that still need to happen, right? When maybe shovels are in the ground, I'll feel more confident. But we're sort of in this nebulous stage where so much of it is about agreements that, you know, haven't been signed and still need to happen. And we're still waiting on real renderings. What's it going to look like? How is it going to fit on the space? Because it's written into the bill that it has to be on the Tropicana site in this little plot of land that would be smaller than any other Major League Baseball stadium. That was one of the things that came out when, when this was first being debated in the legislature, Jeremy Aguero, who was from Applied was Analysis. Applied Analysis, the was, economic was, advisory firm. Was very, was very, you know, we, I sat there with Jacob and I think you were in the meeting with, we met with Jeremy. Me and, and Tabs and Sean and I, we all three, of, all four, all four of us met with three of us met, four of us met with him, and he was very proud of the fact this is site agnostic, much like the Raiders Stadium. The Raider when the when the bill was approved for the Raiders Stadium, they didn't have the site yet. They still were going around different sites on where what is now Allegiant Stadium would be built. Somehow, during the special session, it got locked in to this. This bill is only tied now to the Tropicana site. Bally's is the operator of the Tropicana. They're in the process of building, trying to build a $1.7 billion casino in Chicago. That's got their focus. Uh, we don't really know what the plans are. You know, you know they're just going to continue to operate Tropicana at least through next year, and then we'll see what happens. So there's, there's still a lot, like I said, there's just a lot of, be, a lot of things that have got to get tied up at that I, site. I, I, I will say uh, one thing that I don't think they're going to run into a problem is getting approval from the stadium authority. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to get into some of the uh, actors in, in this because Steve Hill chairs our Las Vegas Stadium Authority Board. He also, at the same time, represented the athletics before the state committees, along with Jeremy Aguero. The two of them made a joint presentation before multiple committees. At the same time, Jeremy was still the consultant of record for the stadium board that Hill chaired. Hill also is the CEO of the tourism agency. So. I don't think there's going to be really a lot of problems getting this through the stadium, uh, the stadium board. There are the physical parts of the site that need to be addressed. I mean, like Howard mentioned, this thing, tr the Tropicana site has to be completely demolished. I mean, it has to be a complete slate, just a blank slate uh, for construction to begin in uh, 2025. Mm -hmm. and, and, what, and another really important point is that in terms of the politics of how this uh, A's um, funding came through. I think Southern Nevada and Metro Vegas would have been much more supportive if they stuck to the same, to the original site. Because then you can talk about economic development. And you can, and the DOT, by the way, was working on Tropicana. They were actually improving the sidewalks from the Strip to walk across uh, I-15 to get to that site that Howard had referred to. It was going to be more of an economic development project. As we know here, this is a ballpark that will be shoehorned into the back of the site and toward the south side of the site. 
And <laughs> I mean, you know, the site, there's not a lot of economic, more economic development to be made there. I want to ask you about applied analysis when they went up to the legislature and presented in front of state lawmakers. Um, they said they expect a $1.3 billion economic impact per year from the stadium and generating about $17 million in total tax revenue each year. Those numbers don't sit well with you. Why is that? These, these are numbers that are based on certain expectations that, you know, we still don't know how many people are going to be at the baseball park. Um, I think it's, what, been up to 33,000 people in terms of the capacity. Um, the, uh, this is something that's going to be happening in 2028. I'm not quite sure that you're in a position to, pro to project these $1.3 billion figures or any of these figures. And you've taken a stance on this, on these sports teams releasing figures about Right. Just this impact. week, I sat down uh, with Michael Crome, who's the chief financial officer of the Las Vegas Raiders, and they came out with a press release saying that the stadium and the visitorship, uh, thanks to the Raiders events and also the stadium events, uh, generated $2.2 nine billion dollars that's almost nearly 2.3 billion in revenue and i said to the raiders if you want to sit down and explain the math we, we will report that and i think that's responsible journalism but just putting these broad general multi-billion dollar figures out there without explaining the math is just it's it's just not uh, an accurate portrait of what's going on for example we saw multiple figures for the Formula One race. First, it was 1.2 billion. Then it was up to 1.3 billion. And then, if you remember, the uh, the CEO of um, Liberty Media apologized. He said, "Well, we're going to give you 1.7 billion dollars of spending uh, on the weekend." Um, one thing to consider when I, Jeremy, I did print the 1.3 billion dollar figure. Jeremy Aguero, who with applied analysis, uh, with applied analysis, and is pretty much the consultant to the teams, he did. Uh, sit down and explain what he thought was 1.3 billion. Keep in mind that 1.3 billion included the 500 million dollar construction bill for that paddock building, which was a one-stop, which was a one-time, you know, uh, economic uh, jolt there. And we're so, talking about Formula One now because we yeah. talked about Jeremy right, Aguero right. and we associate him right. with the A's. Well, well you can the see Raiders it's, it's, point, it's so. but it's a small web of people who pretty much are involved in pushing. Las Vegas into this, quote, sport city persona. Okay. <laughs> First of all, a couple of observations here. One is uh, I'm so used to seeing Alan fresh off of his bicycle, you know, with his bicycle riding cap and his uh, T-shirt and stuff on. To see him, he, hey, you clean up well, Alan. Uh, great job there. What an interview. Uh, great questions, of course, from Amber Renee Dixon, Nevada Week, Vegas PBS, and uh, nice to see Jacob Solis, Howard Stutz, and uh, Alan Snell. All, what a great panel. So just good questions, great answers, and I'm glad we had a chance to check that out. Make sure you check out Vegas uh, PBS whenever you're in town. If you're staying in your hotel room, check it out. You may not leave your hotel room because they have a way of sucking you in. Uh, a couple other quick observations, just the whole Jeremy Aguero thing. I think the, the bottom line is it's that old saying we remember from way back when, if you can't dazzle them with brilliance, baffle them with bull, you know. Yeah, it worked. Here's some pretty pictures. What do you think? Okay, new stadium. 
$380 million later. Let's, let's slide on over to uh, what's happening after we get done. I'm gonna send you over to a brand new channel. Check it out, 24 seven, 365, first streaming sports network uh, in existence. And of course it's called Locked On Sports Today. All the regional sports, all the local sports, all the big national stories, you get it all locked on sports today. Check it out on YouTube. In fact, when we finish, I'll just send you right on over so you can check it out. And uh, big shout out to my boy Q who handles the uh, Las Vegas Raiders here in town for Locked On Raiders. Okay, very quickly, this date in A's three, we did it again. We sent away a player that we loved for a bunch of players that uh, may or may not amount to anything. Nick Swisher, remember Nick? God, he was a fan favorite. We just loved the guy, great sense of humor, passion for the game. Uh, the A's traded him on this date in 2007, and it was the second trade that they made that offseason that was like this one. In return, Fatino De Los Santos. Yeah. Uh, Gio Gonzalez, hey, and uh, Ryan Sweeney. Three for one, I, th I still think we lost that trade, even though you got to admit Gio was money for a minute, right? For a hot minute, but he was. Happy birthday to a guy that we know pretty well because he's been around for the last couple of years. Didn't know he was 32, though. He's 32 today. Sam Mole, who now pitches for the Cincinnati Reds, the A's, Traded Sam after like three years here where he did a great job out of the bullpen. Uh, Cincinnati needed a pen piece. They got it with Sam Mole. And uh, what we got in return, I think that actually might work out for us. Maybe even a piece of our starting rotation, a pitcher that I like a lot. And that's Joe Boyle, who we got in exchange for the birthday boy. Happy birthday to Sam Mole, 32 today. Okay, it was also on this date. And this is kind of sad, but it's weird how these things work because you're going to notice something here that there's going to, well, I'll link it all together for you. It was on this date in 2004 when a player who I got to see actually in his rookie season, which turned out to be his only season in Oakland, uh, Taylor Duncan, who was a middle infielder and third baseman, kind of played all around the infield, um, lost, I think, what was really, when you look back now, a competition at third base to Wayne Gross, who ended up being an all-star. So probably made a, a right call there. But Taylor was fun to watch and uh, just really good defensively. Played just the one season. He was a Rule 5 draft pick for the A's in 1977. Then he played in 78, played 84 games for the Oakland A's. And uh, it was on this date, January 3rd when unfortunately he passed back in 2004. Uh, he was only 50 years old and uh, we miss him. Also on this date, crazy how this, this stuff works here, but infielder Larry Arndt, who is maybe just but a footnote in A's history. You know, they say any major leaguer is already head and shoulders above everybody else. If you make it to the major leagues, with all the competition that there is, uh, it's quite a feat. And that's what happened for Larry Arndt, who was also an infielder for the A's. His big league career lasted all of two days, June 6th, June 7th, 1989. Got six at-bats, traded to Cleveland for Troy Neal. Well, he died on this date in 2014 and again was only 50 years old in Toledo, Ohio. And finally, the last link in the chain here, 
somebody who I actually got to see play in his very first game, opening day, 1977. It was April 9th. And the Oakland A's starting shortstop was a kid by the name of Rob Piccolo. Now, it was spelled like Piccolo. So I, at the beginning, I thought, oh, Brian Piccolo, Brian Song. But no, he pronounced it Piccolo. Great defensive shortstop. Had a long career with the A's. Actually played five seasons in Oakland. After that, moved on, played for Milwaukee. And then early in 1982, uh, he moved on, played for the Angels uh, in 1984. Ended his career right where it started in Oakland in 1985. And then nine seasons of being a, a big league and minor league coach, manager, and roving instructor. Had quite a career 27 years after he left the game as a player. Um, heck of a career. And a ball player that I certainly remember. Now, that whole period of Oakland A's players sometimes gets completely forgotten, but really shouldn't. Don't sleep on people like Mike Edwards and Dave Revering and Jim Essien. Tony Armas and Dwayne Murphy and Ricky Henderson and Jim Todd, and I could go on and on. But the guy there at shortstop, 1977, I remember, Peaches, Rob Peachelo, who passed away, unfortunately, he died of a heart attack at the age of 64 on this date, January 3rd. And that was back in 2018. Miss Rob, Miss Taylor, and believe it or not, I got to watch that other kid play, too. He only played two games, but I saw Larry Arndt play one of his two games in the major leagues. We remember them today, and we thank you for being around. You got good taste in podcasts. Hope you'll be here next time, too, when we get together again. And until then, I'm Wayne Coy, and you keep on swinging.